this morning, uh, I'm hoping that everybody received their ice scraper, and we'll get there in a minute. And I was listening to some of you guys, all right? Just take the ice scraper. Just, just take it. Um, but we're, we're going to talk about the ice scraper principle this morning. So let's just jump right into the Word of God. In John chapter 11, verses 33 through 40, this is what the Bible says, and this may be really familiar for some of you guys who like to memorize really short uh, Bible verses. John 11, 33 through 40 says this. It says, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where, you, where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35, then Jesus wept. Uh, 36, then people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him? But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Verse 40 says, Jesus responded, Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believed? Now we're going to flip to John chapter 10, verses 24 through 30. And the Bible says, The people surrounded him, Jesus, the people surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Verse 25, Jesus replied, I've already told you, and you don't believe me. The proof is in the work I do in my Father's name. But you don't believe me because you're not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me. And he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. And then lastly, we're going to just take a quick look at the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, 3 through 11. We're going to go through these fairly quick. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn. For they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. If you would, stretch your hand this way and let's just pray one more time. Father, I ask right now that you just anoint my lips. That Lord, for that, that this whole morning has, has been yours, and you will continue to, to, to just take it and take control this morning. Father, I thank you that you're allowing me to be your vessel, and I pray, God, that you will just give me the courage to do so in a way that honors you. 
In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. So I must confess, I'm not a very smart guy. Uh, so this, this may not take a long time this morning. Uh, I've, got, I've got a lot of notes, but they're on big font and double-spaced. So it's, it's not going to be that bad. But real quick, I hope that you did re- receive your ice scraper. So, so this morning, we're going to talk about the ice scraper principle. All right? Now, first of all, why the ice scraper principle? Because I've been doing this for a long time, and I have figured out in church and in, in sermons, when you put principle behind something, it makes it a little bit more important. It makes it seem like it's, it, it, it's like, you know, really impactful. So, so you will pay attention we're going to call it the ice scraper principle this morning, uh, mainly because the word principle just makes it sound cooler, uh, makes it sound more important. So the ice scraper principle. All right, now, real quick, because I think most of us know, I, we had a conversation with my daughter about the ice scraper yesterday. We're not going to tell anybody what happened in that one because I don't want her to, she's listening in the nursery. But, but uh, the purpose of an ice scraper, you guys, everybody, most everybody in here, uh, unless you live, you know, like in the Bahamas, uh, knows the purpose of an ice scraper, right? Uh, it scrapes the ice. This one is, you know, we got these really cheap because I didn't take the price tags off of them because that was a lot of price tags to remove. So uh, there's your 10 cents ice scraper. You're very welcome. Um, but it's got ice chipper on it, right? You can, you can break the ice with it, uh, scrape the ice on your windshield. But everybody pretty much understands the concept of an ice scraper. Amen? You're okay. Just hang with me here. It, it, it's, it's not as painful as it seems, I promise. The principle of an ice scraper is to do work, right? It's, it's to, to make you be able to, to sleep right up until the moment that you absolutely have to leave the house. You don't have to preheat your car. don't have to use your defrost. You just go out there and hit the ice scraper, clean off the one little, one little spot just so you can see enough. And then get going. That's not the sermon. I just, that just kind of hit me because I see a lot of cars. I do that a lot too sometimes. But just hang on to your ice scraper because you're going to need them. And I know, I, I said, I, I listened out in the foyer. I know how excited you were to, to be receiving ice scrapers, you know, here as, as we, we've had a time change and we're getting ready to, to step into spring. So, you know, you're welcome for that. No, no thanks needed. But, again, just, just take the ice scraper. And, and if you did not get one, I'm not sure if there's any left, but you are more than welcome. To, to, if there's any, you can have them all, uh, as many as you would like whenever you leave here. Uh, just swing by and ask them, hey, I'd like to have an ice scraper. And they will make that dream, our volunteers will make that dream come true for you this morning. Okay? So now we've covered the ice scraper. Let, let, let's, let's jump back into the scripture just a little bit here this morning. All right, let, let's, let's go back to John. You, you can just leave. You don't have to go to that slide. Uh, John eleven thirty five. 35, again, the, the, the shortest verse, the one that everybody, you know, kind of goes for first when we, have to, when we make our kids memorize Scripture is, you know, then Jesus wept. So let's just hang right there for one second. Let's talk about that. As we, we read, and as most of you know, you know, John 11, that 33 through 40, this is after Lazarus has passed away. This is after the, they, they had called for Jesus and, and sent word that Lazarus was sick and, and you need to be here and, and you can save him. This is even after he was met by Mary and said, you know, Lazarus is gone. And then Jesus shows up at the house and rise, arrives on the scene 
And then in John 11.35, we, we read that Jesus wept, that his heart was broken. And even some of the people in the house, you know, had, had said, well, well look, look, how much he, look how much he cared. Look how much he cared for Lazarus. He has such a, a deep love. So my, my question for you, and, and, you know, the Bible doesn't really elaborate on this, so this is just kind of me feeling how I feel and how God has spoke to me this morning. But why did Jesus weep? What broke his heart to the point that, that he was, was physically hurt and sad and, and even angry? I personally, I don't believe it was Lazarus' death. Jesus has already told Mary, now hear, hear me real quick. This is a whole lot of, a whole lot of setup and, and just really short application, so, so don't miss it. Jesus had already, had already been informed. He already knew, other than the fact that you know, he's the Messiah and knows all, knew, knows all things anyway. He had already been met with the news before he got to the house. He had already been told that Lazarus was dead. He had already been told that he was too late, right? But yet he showed up and he weeped and he was angry. Why? Personally, I believe that he stepped into a room full of people that should have known better. I believe he, 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 it broke his heart because after all he had done for everybody in that room, even after he had told Mary, listen, Lazarus is going to rise again. And she said, yes, you're exactly right. You know, when you come back for your church, he'll rise with it. And he said, no, 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 he's going to rise again. And I really believe he steps into this room and everybody is broken hearted and everybody is sad. And, and, and they've already paid the people to come in and mourn and, and weep and yell. And I, I think the, the, the tears that Jesus shed was not tears of, of, of sorrow for dear Lazarus. I mean, here's the deal. He knew Lazarus was okay. He knew that even if Lazarus did not come back from the dead, he was better off, right, than anybody else in that room ever would be, at least in that moment. I believe he stepped into a room full of people that should have known better. Full of people that, that, that instead of saying he is gone, especially after Jesus sent word by Mary he's going to live again, should have been looking and waiting in expectation. And it should have been the Messiah's here. All right, let's go do this. All right, you know, where's he at? Let, let, let's, let's go take care of this. Here's the promise. Let, let's, let's go make good on it. But instead, he stepped into to sorrow and, 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 and wailing. And, and I believe that it broke his heart. He, he was saddened by the fact. He was even angered by the fact that they should have known better. He already told them it was going to happen. He already told him he was going to live. And even later on when he said, okay, you know, where's he at? Take me to him. And they go to the tomb. And then dear Martha, right, well, he's going to stink. That's what she said pretty much. He'd been dead for so long, he's going to stink. And then Jesus said, okay, hold just." And then he got mad again. He's like, really? After everything, this is what we're doing right now. We're here. I'm getting ready to have it, and that's your only worry. We ever do that? 
We we ever are right here on the edge of something God wants to do, and we think of every reason why he can't do it, or even why he shouldn't do it. And instead of just sitting back and letting him work. And then they're sitting back and saying, okay, we're here, the stone's gone, now do your thing. So as you read on down to John 10, 25, part of the verse says, And Jesus replied, this totally different, totally different section, totally different situation, but Jesus replied, I have already told you. Now this is where the people are, are, are kind of pining at him, and, and you know, when, when, are you going to, when are you going to tell us you're the Messiah? When are you going to show us? When are you going to... To, to, to let us know and, and you know, stop, stop trying to, 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 to keep us suspended and, and keep us on the end of our seats. Just tell us. And Jesus says, I've already told you, right? He says, I've, I've already told you, first of all, that I'm the Messiah. And I've proven it by everything that I've done up to this point. By, by the, the, the blind eyes that can see again. By the lepers that were healed, by, by the people that, that were born crippled and walked out of the room. And, and above and beyond all that, I've already done it because of the souls that have been set free, right? The most amazing thing is when Jesus healed, he, he healed the soul first. The paraplegic man, he, he, you know, I, I really think, and I would not dare to guess what the Messiah of this earth, you know, what goes on in his mind, but I'm going to. Is he's probably thinking, when he's looking at this guy hanging from the ceiling in a bed, completely paralyzed, and he's probably thinking, you know what, I can give him his, his legs right now, but it, you know, if he dies and goes to hell, then his legs are pretty much useless. So he says, your, 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 your soul is healed. And everybody says, well, you know, what's that about? Why, why would you do that? And he said, how much, how easy, how much easier is it to, to say, take up your bed and walk, than it is to say your sins are forgiven? And then Jesus says, you know what, just take up your bed and go on. There now, you guys happy? He didn't say that part. That's in my mind he said that part. Jesus replied, I have already told you. I've already told you I'm the Messiah. Can I, can I just pause real quick? And I want to tell you something here real, before we get to our ice scrapers. I am a comic book guy. I like cards. I like, like, you know, Lord of the Rings movies and things like that. And in that movie, this is my only movie reference in the thing today, okay? A man was asked a question. And you know what his response was? Why do you ask questions you already know the answer to? And see, how often do we do that with God, right? How often are we, we fall right into these people that Jesus is talking to? He says, I've already told you. How many questions have you asked God knowing what he's going to say, but hoping he'll say something else? Right? And again, it, it happens. Right? You really want this, that. You really want this, that. You really want to have that. And you say, God, what do you think? And he says, no, not this time. And you say, okay. And then you go do it anyway most of the time. That's what we do. But why do we ask questions we already know the answers to? Why is it that we can see miracles and we can read all the amazing counts in the Bible? We can, we can witness great and mighty things, yet we ask. Yet we ask. 
We're going to get there. I'm, I'm going to help you. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to help you know why you do that, or at least why I do that. So here's the deal. Jesus replied, I have already told you. Have you guys ever prayed this prayer? You pray, God, Jesus, however you pray. If you are real, I really need you to. Then fill in that blank. God, if you really love me, I, I, I need you to fill in that blank, right? God, if, if, this, is, if this is it, I, I need you to, to, to and then fill in the blank with whatever you fill the blank in with. Now, I have a pet peeve, but a few pet peeves, and, and I even do it to people, which is even more ironic, right? And everybody else in here kind of uses this, this word, and when people use the word on me, it kind of makes me feel a little annoyed, but when I use the word on people, then it kind of hits me, and then I hope they didn't catch it, because, you know, it's really embarrassing to apologize sometimes. But um, how often does somebody tell you something, and then your response is, you know, well, if that's the case. You guys ever do that? I do that a lot. And I, 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 I've had that, I have that done to me a lot. Well, well, if that's the case, then, well, no, it's not if that's the case. I just said this is what's going to happen, right? So when you use the word if, most of the time you use that, and it kind of gives the idea that you really don't believe what the person's telling you. Yeah? Okay, well, you know, this is, this is picking up great on the Internet. And then somebody says, well, if it's picking up great on the Internet, well, I just said it was picking up great on the Internet. But we do God the same way, right? God, if you're real, God, if you really love, okay, hold on for a second. What do you mean if I really love you? What if God was to, what if God was to interrupt you mid-prayer sometimes? He has me before. It's not fun. But what if God was to interrupt you mid-prayer and say, hold on for a second. What, if, what do you mean if I love you? What do you mean if I'm real? We do that, though, because well, that's what we do. Jesus replied, I have already told you. I've already showed you. I've shown you with the story of Lazarus, right? I've shown you with the moments in your life. Listen, you guys know Allie's story. She got healed at youth camp, right? Completely going to have to have surgery on her knee. First night of camp, maybe second night, first night of camp, prayed for it, dropped the crutches, took the braces off her knee, said, Dad, it, it's, it's better. Jumped up and down, played, played ball in the, in the camp, uh, counselor, camper, basketball game at the end of the week. It was the most amazing thing and also the most scariest thing probably I've ever been through and witnessed in my life because it's that moment that you really kind of have to believe, okay, God, now, if you healed her, and then God says, what do you mean if? Look. Look what she's doing. Look what she's walking. Look what she's not wearing anymore. There is no if. So why an ice scraper this morning? Why an ice scraper? Why today, the, the, right at the, the, the start of spring, why? We did ice scrapers today. We, we have the ice scraper principle because, first of all, I want to kind of, I want to, to debunk a, a myth that kind of floats around the church, us, us church folks. We, we create myths. We, we throw out scriptures sometimes and, and things that aren't really in the Bible. Uh, one of those is, and I've heard it a lot, is 
the myth that God won't put more on you than you can handle. Okay, now I want you to hear me real quick. That's a complete myth. There is nowhere in the scripture of God does he say, you know what, I'm never going to put more on you than you can handle. It's not in there. And if you're listening at home or if you're in here and it is in there, then I do apologize for being wrong. Please come and, and help me find it. But it's not in there. I haven't been able to find it yet. There is nowhere that says God will not put on you more than you can handle. Example, was Daniel equipped to handle a den of lions? No, 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 not Daniel and God. I'm saying you take regular old Daniel, you drop him into the den of lions, he's going to die. That's just how it works. Because unless, you know, he's the greatest showman or, you know, somebody who knows how to, to tame lions, you know, he's like the, the crocodile hunter or the lion whisperer, he's dead. He's gone. Now, with God, yes, Daniel can, can handle a den of lions. He didn't have to do anything, really. He just kind of... Sit there and pet him, I guess. I don't know what else was in there. We'll ask him when we get there what happened. But was Daniel equipped? Absolutely, God put him in a situation or allowed him to be put in a situation that was too big and too much for him to handle because on his own, he is done. How about Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego? Right On their own, are these three Hebrew boys equipped? Do they have what they need to be thrown into a furnace and completely and utterly live, not burn up, not die, not even smell like smoke when they get out of it? No, absolutely not. They are not equipped for that. First of all, we have some fire fighters in the house. There was no such thing as the fireproof suits way back then. There was something called you know, the spirit... And the presence and the power of God. And when God shows up in the furnace with them, right? And all we put in three, but there's four. But you take them out of the situation. You take God out of the situation. Those three boys cannot handle the situation they were in. Absolutely not. So yes, absolutely, positively, God puts you in places that you are not able to handle alone. He will put you and he will have you and sometimes we put ourselves but God will allow you in situations that are too heavy for you, that are too much for you, that, that are just, just going to crush you and break you. And I tell you that from someone standing on this stage with real life experience, all right? Because I'm just going to just be real this morning. All right, let me be real. Man, I, I wasn't ready to get a phone call on Thanksgiving and stand at a graveyard in January. I wasn't ready for that. Right? I, I have a running joke in the office with Sarah. You know, listen, but between losing my father, between you know, we, we've taken custody of two amazing kids, and Allie becoming a young woman, I am not mature enough for this. I've told Sarah that multiple times. I, I am not equipped or mature enough to handle this part of my life. And I say that, you know, you guys laugh, but I'm, I'm not being serious. You know, wait till, wait, wait till those of you that, that have the only. 
Wait until the oldest, or the, the oldest starts driving. You know, your, your oldest sister starts, your oldest sister, your oldest daughter starts driving. Wait. I'm walking right now, and, and this, this is where this ice scraper, this is where this principle was born. It was born in my life. It was born on, a, on a, an old country graveyard in a hospital room for, for, for a week. It was born when you get a phone call a year ago that your nephew has, has been severely injured. And then almost a year later, you get a phone call saying you probably need to come and get him because he's in more danger. Yes, God will put more on you than you can handle. Yes, he will put you and he will allow you in situations that are too big for you. But the Bible also tells us that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Right? He tells us that we'll be pressed, but we won't be crushed. Right? That it will be heavy, but we won't be destroyed. We'll be knocked down, but we will not be destroyed. He tells us he'll make a way of escape. He'll, he'll make a way for us to, to escape what's happening. So yes, this morning we're going to talk about an ice scraper. Because yes, this world, sometimes it's too much for you to handle. Some of your situations with your families, even sitting here right now, you're sitting there thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't necessarily do anything. What if we just went ahead and said, you know what, God, I, 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 will, I will sit in the lion's den because that's where you put me. But now you got to show up. Not if, not, not if, not if God will know if you'll just work in this. No, God, I'm, I'm here and I'm going to do it. I just need you to do I, God work. Hence, the ice scraper principle, right? Here's what the ice scraper represents. Here, here's, here's what the ice scraper principle is. It kind of hinges around three things. God's words, God's comfort, and God's directions. All right, God's word through the Bible, through our pastor, through your, your saved friends, uh, through people who love you. You know what? Even unsaved people can be God's word sometimes, right? Because there is nothing more humbling than somebody who has no idea about God checks you because you don't look like God. I think that is, that, that's, that's not, not, it's not fun for me. I think it's terrible. Uh, whenever, you know, you're at a ball game and you're losing your mind. And somebody says, what are you doing? I thought you were going. I said, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. God's word, God's comfort, God's direction. So, so, so here's the deal with our ice scrapers. I'm making record time. Everybody in this place received an ice scraper maybe if we didn't run out. Some of you guys, you didn't want, I heard, thank you so much. For saying, just take it, you'll understand later. Y'all didn't even tell her that. And I, I didn't put that in my notes, but I am now. Just take it, you'll understand later. All right, here, here's your ice scraper principle. You guys have been given an ice scraper at the beginning of spring. Yep. Barring a freak ice storm, you know, probably within the next couple of nights, you probably won't need this right now. Yeah, amen? Stay with me. You probably, won't, you, you probably don't need the ice scraper right now. And unless, again, the temperature drops, I don't think it's supposed to, 
Uh, 36 tonight's the low, so hey, it could, it could, it's, almost, it's almost freezing. It could get really cold tonight, and you could have to go out in the morning and, and scrape some ice or, or you know, hit this part and bust some stuff off so you can open your doors. But you've been given this ice scraper because one day you're going to need it. And the Word of God and God's love and God's words and God's comfort and God's direction is the exact same in your life as it is with this ice scraper. Here's the deal. You got the ice scraper today, the first day or the 14th day of March. Right up, right up here near the first day of spring. Chances are, first of all, you didn't want to take it in the first place. I heard some of y'all. All right? Just trust the process. Take the ice scraper. I'll make a shirt. That's my next use. Take, take the ice scraper. But here's the truth. In all reality, if, if you know, I'm not going to make you feel guilty about keeping it. Most of you would have probably left it in the sanctuary, maybe. I don't know. You know, took it home, you know, put it in the door of your car, which is kind of like, you know, having the ice scraper inside of your vehicle it isn't really good if your doors are frozen shut, but that's a completely different sermon. You'd have probably lost it. You'd have probably said, it's a 10 cent ice scraper, man. I don't want this. And you know, that's okay because they were donated anyway. I didn't have to pay for them. Uh, so throw it away. But here's the truth. The ice scraper is just like God's word, just like God's comfort, it's just like God's direction. You don't need this right now. You know, I read and I study the Bible, and I've, I've read lots of books about comfort and, and how to be there for people. You don't need this right now. You probably won't need this for the rest of the summer. You're probably not going to need this until, you know what, next December maybe? But how many times in our life has God sent you something and you've just disregarded it because you felt like you didn't need it right then? So that's the ice scraper principle. And I didn't realize that until sitting in a hotel room, until watching my daughter back down a driveway, until standing at a graveside. That God, you know what? You told me that I could handle this. God, you told me that, that you was going to be there for me. You prepared me for this. But I had to go back into the closet of my mind and, and, and dig through all the stuff, all the promises, all, all the things that I've read, all, all the things that I looked at. And then I found it. I found that peace that, that passes all understanding. I found that, 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 that comfort and that joy that says, you know what, when, when, when nobody else walks beside of you, I will walk with you. I found that. And the sad thing is, I should have never had to go and look for it and dig for it. Because it was given to me so many other times before I really needed it. But that's just what we do. Jesus told the people, I have already told you. So here's what happened. At the beginning of spring, Jesus put all an ice scraper. Now, I'm not Jesus. Let me just say that that's not like part of what I'm trying to say here. But at the beginning of spring... Jesus put a proverbial, there you go, proverbial ice scraper in the hands of all these people. In the hands of these disciples. In the hands of, of these followers. He put, a, he put an ice scraper in all their hands. He said, here you go. And they, like us, said, man, what am I going to do with this? 
We ain't expecting snow anytime soon. We're not expecting, we're not expecting ice. What am I going to do with this? And then that's just it. That's what Jesus does, right? That's what God does. He tells you. He provides you. He gives you everything you need to know. But he doesn't tell you when you're going to need it. That's where faith comes in. That, that's, where, that's where trust comes in. That, that's why years ago, whenever we had to walk through stuff that, that we had to walk through financially, even as a, as a young couple, and we didn't understand it, and we didn't get it, and most of it was our fault, most of it was my fault. But now you fast forward many years, and you say, you know what, God, I get to understand. You know what God did? God put an ice scraper in my hand. He said, you know what? Here, you can have this. Now, you're not going to need it today. You're probably not going to need it tomorrow. But there's going to come a time you're going to need it. There's going to come a time when you're going to have to lean on, on what I told you and, and, and what I provided you. And, and, and when that time comes, will you know where it is? When that time comes, will you be able to, to use the tools that I gave you maybe many years ago? Maybe, maybe a few months ago, maybe a few moments ago. Will you be able to use the tools that I gave you? Pastor Tony, if you would, would you come on up to the music? So here's what I'm going to, here's what I want to convince you of this morning. Now listen, I know y'all looking at your watch, don't, don't get used to this, alright? I'm a feeling guy, feeling guy I don't have to go very long. It's in my contract. <laughs> Not really, but, but we're working on it. Here's the truth about your ice scraper. And I hope you guys take this home and, if you, you know, maybe give it to somebody else. I don't know. Don't throw it away. That's a good piece of plastic. But you know what happened when Daniel was dropped in a lion's den? God put an ice scraper in his hand. You know what happened when, when Daniel was, was, was brought out of that lion's den? When they rode the that next day, they, they rode it back and everything was good and he was alive and people couldn't believe it. You know what he did with that? That was his ice cream. He, he kind of put it in his pocket. Now, while Daniel and, and David and, and Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego and all these guys way back in the Bible, what, why they were, were always so much more powerful than we are sometimes today, because the Bible tells us they got the same promises, right? They got the exact same power as we have at our disposal as children of God. The same Holy Spirit that, that, that blew through that upper room is the same one that can blow through this room right now. But you know the difference? Is when, when the Spirit fell in that upper room, after that experience, everyone in there was given an ice scraper. And they, unlike us, they put it somewhere where they could get a hold of it. They didn't understand it. They didn't get it. Right? And the same thing. We, we don't understand why stuff happens. And we definitely don't deserve the good things God does for us. And the things he pulls us out of. But they were given an ice scraper. And they put it somewhere 
They didn't know what it was. They didn't necessarily get the whole purpose. But they knew that it was not an accident. This was put in their hands. They knew it was not an accident that the lions just laid down. The three Hebrew boys knew it was not an accident that no fire skirt tore or burnt them. That no smell stuck to them. They knew it was not an accident. There was something special about that moment. And they would need that at another time in their life. So if you're here this morning, I'm going to encourage you to find your ice scrapers. Because if I'm being real, I've been in Pulaski long enough to know the majority of this congregation you got a whole box of these things somewhere you got a whole box of these you got you got a whole box of moments that the power of God has shown true in your life you got a whole box of, of moments that you prayed God moved you rejoiced and you moved on to the next thing and God said you know what here you've studied and God has dropped something in your spirit and maybe you're walking listen this world is in chaos not even thinking about the virus just, just all the hate and all the evil and all the bad that is happening this world is in chaos right now you need to find things God's put in your life it may have been years ago but they're still there because you didn't understand while on a hillside he told you you know blessed are the peacemakers for theirs is the kingdom of God you didn't understand why on a hill he said this is not the end I go to prepare a place for you if it was not so, I would have told you. You don't understand that. In those moments, that's God putting something in your hands that you're going to need at one point in your life. You may never see ice again. But if you do, wouldn't it be nice to have something to use? So we're going to ask you to stand this morning. this is going to be very simple very easy this morning yes God will allow you to be in situations that are too much for you yes right now whatever you're in and you feel like you know what I can't do it the pain that, that you're feeling right now maybe the anger that you're feeling right now, maybe the hate that you're feeling right now. You know what? Yes, you're probably right. It is too much for you. Absolutely, it's too much for you. It's never too much for God. First and foremost, before we pray, before we do anything, if you're here this morning and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, 
Let me tell you, this morning is the first morning. This morning, this moment is the first moment that God is going to be able to put something in your hands and something in your life that is going to allow you to overcome anything else you will ever face. And that is a relationship with Jesus. That is adoption into the royal family of God. So this morning, if that's you, we're going to pray in a moment, and we're going to ask that you just pray with us. And your prayer is really simple this morning. All you have to pray, all you have to say to God out loud with your heart is, God, Jesus, Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I've fallen. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead to set me free. And you pray that however, however you want to pray it. And Jesus will save you this morning. He'll break the chains that bind you. He'll put in your hands a tool that you were going to need for the rest of your life. And then what you do with it after that is completely up to you. He's going to put the power of God and the Holy Spirit in your life. And what you do with it after today, it's entirely up to you. Everyone else in the room, here, here, here's, the, here's our prayer this morning. Yes, God will, will put you in situations harder. Or God will allow you to be put in situations that are too big for you. But they're never too big for Him. They're never too big for God. So if you're here, and we know we're going to be honest. We're going to have a time of prayer and a time of honesty. If you're here and you say, Pastor Jeremy, and I, I really need help. Pastor Jeremy, I, I've got stuff going on and, and my life is so heavy on me right now I just don't think I can make it there's so much hate and anger maybe hurt, maybe worry I don't know what it is but if that's you when Pastor Tony sings I'm just going to ask you just you where you're at to raise your hands and worship See, here's the tools that we're given every single day, every single Sunday, every Wednesday when you come into this place. Any radio station has a Christian radio station. The power of praise is a powerful tool against the enemy. A lot of times we feel alone because we don't worship. Because we don't invite God. And I, listen, worship in your car, however you want to worship. But I'm going to ask you, Pastor Tony's going to sing. If that's you and you say, you know what? It's just too heavy and it's too hard. I, I, I've lost my eye scraper. I've lost everything you've given me. I just can't find it right now. And I really need to because if I don't, I am going to be destroyed. If that is you, I want to ask you to just raise your hands and worship. If you're here this morning and you... you you want to give your heart to Christ, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands with everybody else 
and just pray to God, God save me. God forgive me. God save me. Would you do that this morning? Would you do that?
Don't just file that away and forget about it because there's going to come a time when you need it. And better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it, right? Better to, to have all this abundance of joy and be surrounded by people that love you than to be in a room all alone in the dark hopeless and broken because you, you, you've disregarded all the love that God has sent your way so guys this morning don't disregard this don't, don't forget about the things God has put in your hands even when you didn't understand it because he knows listen I, I, I'm no meteorologist but we're going to have ice in Pulaski one day alright mind blow right I'm no prophet I ain't going to prophesy let me just let me just be real here for a second this ain't prophesying we're going to have ice one day in Pulaski well it may be like you know a year from now but we're going to have ice one day and if you're at home and you don't have an ice scraper it's your fault because you can have a free one today and I'm no God I, I'm just a big hunk of flesh that don't know a whole lot about anything but God don't bring stuff your way on accident alright you don't understand it right now sometimes you don't get to understand it Sometimes you don't get to know why stuff happened until you need to know. Yeah? And on a graveside, beside a hospital bed, maybe beside a crib, God's going to remind you. You know what? I, I get it now. I understand now. Don't dismiss this. Don't miss what God has put in your life. What we're going to do is we're going to ask Pastor Tony to just worship us out of here. Uh, you guys can be dismissed whenever you want, Pastor Tony. If you would.